Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. If you would like a candle or Bible, I invite you to pause this recording and go and get those, and then return. Our texts this morning are from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20, verses 7 through 13, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. The Reverend Paul Gaffney is preaching today, and his sermon is titled, I'm Still Learning. An ongoing note on worship, 7th Avenue will continue to hold worship services virtually. We don't yet have a reopening date. Our staff and leadership council are prayerfully discerning what that might look like when it is safe to do so, and how to live into being the church even now. We continue to review information on best practices, guidelines, and recommendations put out by the CDC, the PCUSA, and San Francisco Presbytery, as well as city and state orders. We want to make sure the 7th Avenue community thrives and stays connected, so we are looking for your feedback. A short three-minute survey has been emailed out, and we hope you will respond if you haven't already done so. For those interested, we will have an 11 a.m. Zoom social hour the last Sunday of each month. At the beginning of social hour this month, we will also have a congregational meeting to vote on three proposals. The first is an amendment to our bylaws to allow for more flexibility in the numbers who may serve on leadership council. The second is for the nominees for leadership council, which includes a 13th member representing our diaspora. And the third is on my updated terms of call. So we invite you to put June 28th on your calendar. On another note, if you have been financially impacted as a result of the pandemic and are in need of assistance, please contact the church office. And for our complete announcements, click the related hyperlink in your email. And now in preparation to worship, you are invited to quiet yourself becoming still as you prepare to worship God. Make a joyful noise to the one who created the earth. Serve God with gladness. Come into this presence with singing. Know that God loved us into being. It is God who made us. It is God who with joy celebrates us. We sing of our God's goodness. We praise God's name. Yes, so, so be it. it. Amen. Amen.
Let us pray. God of new beginnings, you give us the gift of life to tend and nurture. You summon us to follow you, trusting in your call to care for one another. When we follow, we give you thanks. When we ignore your voice, we seek forgiveness. Teach us your ways that we may walk in your wisdom. Unite every part of our beings in loving devotion to you. Deliver our souls from Sheol and its darkness. Grant us your strength and courage, 
In the name of the Christ, we pray. Amen. In our times of greatest uncertainty, when we do not trust ourselves, we can trust God. In the world's confusion, God stands beside us, forgiving us into life. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and made whole. Alleluia. Amen. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 20, beginning with verse 7. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God of justice and truth, we give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives of those who have carried them throughout the ages. Be in the reading and hearing of these words, that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. O God, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout violence and destruction. For the word of God has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot, for I hear many whispering. Terror is all around. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. All my close friends are watching for me to stumble. Perhaps he can be enticed, and we can prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But God is with me like a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble, and they will not prevail. They will be greatly shamed for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O God of hosts, you test the righteous. You see the heart and the mind. Let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Sing to God, praise the Holy One, for God has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of evildoers. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Oh, mm -hmm. 
reading from the Gospel of Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 24th verse. Listen for the word of God. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your Creator. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my God in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my God in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Here ends the reading. Good morning. I'm honored to be making this offering to you on this Sunday after summer solstice. 
I'm a clinical pastoral educator at the Shaw Chaplaincy Institute at the University of Redlands Graduate School of Theology. Clinical pastoral education is an intensive training program in which religious leaders engage a process of action reflection learning. CPE is offered in units, which each consist of 400 hours of training, during which students receive feedback, a lot of feedback, probably more than they receive anywhere else in their life before or after their CPE experience. Students are expected and encouraged, sometimes even pushed, to be self-reflective, to be willing to examine their motivation, their actions, their words, and their impact on relationships with others. In CPE, mistakes are learning opportunities. In CPE, the more risks we take, the more mistakes we make, the more op opportunities we have to grow in our learning. I'm admittedly uh, overwhelmed by everything that is happening in our country and our world right now. As a straight, cisgender, white man who is striving to do my own work on the systemic racism and patriarchal white supremacy that lives inside of me, I'm understanding my own privilege more and more as I choose to turn off the news, to change the subject, to avoid or prematurely end difficult conversations with family and friends. I like to believe that I'm leading with my privilege less these days, but so much of my acculturation has to do with avoiding talking about or acknowledging things that are hidden. I fear losing power, control, relationships. I fear losing in general. I'd rather live in a peaceful illusion than to engage in a conflict that might lead to justice and real peace, but at the cost of my own comfort. The lectionary is a strange and powerful medium. These texts seem to speak directly to our current situation, and maybe, hopefully, they also remind us that this current situation in which we find ourselves, while so very current, is not actually new. There have always been those who defame the teachers in order to invalidate their disciples. There have always been those who have devalued human lives. There have always been those who seek to cover things up to keep secrets. There have always been divisive issues in family systems. What I really want to do is tell you about how I visited the ocean for the first time since February and how the crash of the waves and the salty wind and the sun and the sand reminded me that there are forces at work which are so, so, so much larger than I am. And how sitting there on the beach, I could feel it in my body, the breathing in and breathing out, and the spaciousness of my breathing returning, like the space between the waves, each one rising to meet the last. And how I became aware that that spaciousness left me when I heard the word pandemic, and it became a vacuum when I heard the words, I can't breathe and witnessed the full weight of a culture steeped in white supremacy bear down like a knee on the neck and steal the breath from yet another, and another, and another. And how the grief I felt at the lack of being able to be together was compounded by the grief of the recognition of the thing that has been separating us for so long, as waves of people broke through one kind of fear and into another.
And I, safe in my home, cloaked in my privilege, able to send money and prayers, I must admit I am not like these disciples of Jesus, willing to proclaim from the rooftops at the risk of persecution or death or worse. The unfathomable love of God, which is not apparently something that brings us all together, but a love that strikes so swift and deep, that shines a light in all of the places that we'd rather keep hidden, that speaks the truth, which reveals all secrets that we'd rather keep to ourselves. In my early CPE education, I cracked open in new and uncomfortable ways, forced to shine a light on my mistakes and to reflect on them for the sake of my learning. And I was super resistant. I was so full of fear, I did not want to be seen as someone who made mistakes. But over the course of my first CPE unit, I fell in love with the process because it gave me an experience of accountability that I had not had before. I became somewhat comfortable with the discomfort of acknowledging my mistakes and reflecting on them as a learning practice. There were four or five years between my first and second units of CPE, and as with anything, when I was not practicing being held accountable or recognizing or owning my mistakes, I fell back into these deeply rooted patterns of mine. And so in 2007, as a project of the Marin Interfaith Street Chaplaincy, where I was serving as executive director and chaplain, I worked with a group of very talented homeless folks, and we planned, organized, cast, and performed a full-length variety show complete with rock bands, solo musicians, poets, actors, and visual artists. I recruited some of my friends with theater and production experience to help, and working together, we put on one heck of a show. It was in this context that I made one of the greatest mistakes of my ministry, one that I don't talk about very often, but one that reminds me how easy it is for me to abandon justice for an illusion of peace in order to save my own comfort. I'm white, as are all of the friends whom I invited to help with this project, as were about 80% of the participants. There was, however, one black man, I'll call him John, who I had personally recruited to participate in the show. I hadn't known John for as long as I'd known most of the other folks, maybe only a couple of months, but there was something about him. He's a stunning poet, and his writing is only matched in intensity by his delivery. So I was thrilled when he agreed to share a couple of his poems in the show. One day, during rehearsal, about two weeks before we were supposed to open, John came into the sanctuary of the church that was hosting us, visibly upset. He told me that one of the other participants, the white drummer of the headlining act, had just used a racial slur against him while they were outside together. Soon after, the drummer came in accusing John of trying to start a fight with him. Their voices were soon joined by those of witnesses with conflicting testimonies. Around and around it went, I froze. Then John said, it's either him or me. Either he goes or I go. I'm not going to put up with this. And I did what I thought was the most diplomatic thing. I stalled. Can we meet tomorrow? After everyone's cooled down, we could sit down together and mediate the conflict. 
I don't want to ask anyone to leave the show. You're both important. You both matter. Forget it, John said. I'll make it easy for you. I'm out of here. My friends and I tried to talk with John and convince him to come back. He kept saying the same thing. I refuse to be in a show with people who act out their racism. I'll be happy to perform if he isn't in the show, but until then, I'm done. To me, at the time, this was an impossible ask, and I just didn't understand. The man who had used racist words was in the headlining act. With days before the show, the band would never be able to find another drummer. In my mind, this wasn't about race or racism. It was about one man saying something inappropriate. He had made a mistake. He even apologized. In, in my mind, John was being unreasonable and difficult. And I made his pain and his setting of a boundary to protect himself about me and about the production. I wasn't pastoral with him at all. I wasn't curious about his experience. I didn't empathize, and I actually protected the dominant power structure. It wasn't really until I read the book White Fragility a few years ago that I truly understood what had happened. I refused to break with white solidarity. I didn't seek justice for the person who needed it the most. I was afraid that the whole thing would fall apart. I was afraid that if I stood up for John, then I would be punished, and I didn't want that. Some weeks after the performance, I ran into John at a coffee shop, and we struck up a conversation. I told him that the show went well and that I missed having his participation. I never had a doubt that it would be a fantastic show, he said to me, but you still don't get it, do you? It's not about you. It's not about the show. It's not even about that dude who called me that name. It's about me. It's about my right to choose who I spend my time and energy with. It's about me already not feeling safe every day in the places that I have to show up. I'm sure not going to choose to show up somewhere, but I don't feel safe. But you have no idea what that's like. I know you don't. But I got to say, it hurt that you didn't stand up for me. I mean, isn't that what your religion's all about? Isn't that what Jesus is all about? I can think of no better commentary on this morning's gospel. Jesus calls us to stand with, to stand up for those who are oppressed, ridiculed, marginalized. The stance is not popular. It does not feel comfortable, and it can and often does lead to conflict. This is the sword that Jesus brings, the sword that cuts through an illusion of peace in the name of justice. Decentering myself feels like losing my life sometimes. But that is what Jesus calls us into. And this is how I'm continuing to learn from my mistakes. I know I can't do anything to change the past, but I can use my past to inform my present. I want to do better, and I want to grow in my desire to do better. I can learn to do new things and to act in new ways. And this, too, is foundational in our Christian faith. Otherwise, why would Jesus choose to invite tax collectors and sinners into his inner circle? I wish I could sit with John today and let him know how much more I understand now 
how much I've learned and grown and how I long to go back and make a different choice. But that's also kind of about me too. I'm still learning. Amen. We believe in God, who welcomes us into trouble, offering us peace. We believe in Christ, who shows us how to live without fear. We believe in Spirit, who lives in us and through us. This we believe. Amen.
We are called to love one another, and one of the ways we do that is pray. So let us join our hearts together, offering prayers for the world, for the whole human family, and all of creation. God of life, we give you thanks for this planet we call home, for the summer sun and active crows, for the cool breeze and waves of the ocean. We give you thanks for the reminder of life beyond one moment, one person, one perspective. We give you thanks when we bump into the limits of our understanding. When we make mistakes, help us to grow in forbearance and embrace humility. Give us gentleness to hold our wisdom and our need for learning and to ever more fully embrace our being human. We pray we might be surprised by love and honor the depth of those we meet. We pray we might be sustained as we greet each morning and allow ourselves new possibilities, new ways of being. We pray for our brothers, sisters, siblings, near and far, for those we know and understand and recognize, and for those we've never met or understood or wanted to. We give you thanks for the life that connects us and honor the gift we hold in this time and in this place. And now in silence, we continue in prayer for the world, ourselves, and those we love. We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
When we catch ourselves wanting to believe in a peaceful illusion, rather than engage in a conflict that might lead to justice and real peace, let us return to the ocean, the salty wind and sand, and choose to let ourselves learn again. May the God who knows our every suffering bring you comfort in times of need. May the God who holds the whole world in their hand wrap you in their loving embrace. And may the God who breathes life into every living thing give you strength to face every tomorrow. Amen and amen. <laughs>